Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. I will proclaim to the world the deeds of Gilgamesh. This was the man to whom all things were known. This was the king who knew the countries of the world. He was wise. He saw mysteries and knew secret things. He brought us a tale of the days before the flood. He went on a long journey, was weary, worn out with labour. Returning, he rested and listened to The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world. Welcome to The Gargle. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition are Nabil Abdul-Rashid and Tiff Stevenson. Welcome. Hello. I'm waving. Oh, I wish I'd have done that. Nabil showed guns and I just waved. Here's here's my guns. This is an audio podcast. I know, but that's why I'm describing it for the what they're missing out on. There's no show like this kind of show, honestly. It's the NRA right now are overjoyed. <laughs> Mine's less of a gun show and more of a bingo wing exhibition. You're wearing animal print, so I feel like that's its own form of aggression. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to plunge into the magazine, but first let's have a look at the front cover. The front cover model this week is Millie Bobby Brown celebrating her 18th birthday by making an ew face at all the dudes celebrating her 18th birthday. Uh, Seriously, what is that weird shit? I think it makes you seem more creepy to time your permission to masturbate over a young woman until she's quote-unquote legal. Blech. Uh, Tiff? How do, you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> how do I feel? Countdown you know, clocks. You to... know how I feel. You know how I feel about things like Barely Legal, Barely Legal Magazine, Barely Legal Strip Club. Call them what they actually are, almost pedo. If you called <laughs> them that, they'd think twice before going in. And I've always said, look, if you're a necrophiliac, you don't get to have a magazine called Nearly Cadaver. <laughs> hanging on by a thread weekly. I don't understand what this nearly barely is. I don't like it. I'm not into it. You should not want to be like on the edge of is this legal? Is it legal? Like that shouldn't be a that shouldn't be a question. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I just don't get that particular vibe. Neville, do you understand <laughs> the counting down till someone turns eighteen, other than as a way to make yourself throw up if you've just eaten poison? I also. I mean, I, I just don't get it. I remember there was a time when uh, there was this fetish for the Catholic school uniform. I mean, I always thought that was a bit of a, of a red flag, you know. I think a lot of that came over from Japan. I didn't even know Catholicism was big in Japan, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, you know, <laughs> I find the barely legal thing just, you know, I I think the only reason barely legal should exist is for police to monitor the people that consume barely legal content of any sort 
like most likely to settle out of court. That, that's what it says, you know. Benny Neagle is like, <laughs> Benny Neagle is, if I did want to kill someone, where could I buy a gun from? That, that's, that's what it says. I, I don't understand. Like, they're not even pretending to be normal. How does it exist? How, I, what's more is this, like, um, I mean, some people make the argument for like, oh, well, is it 18 or 21? Because years ago it was six. I'm like, I don't know, whatever country you're in, Stay away from the barely legal age. I think I think consent should be relative, right? I think it should be like if you're twenty one, then nineteen. If you're twenty five, then she has to be twenty two. I think having just one size fits all legal age is creepy, because the dudes could be forty five and they're like, hey, she's legal. <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't compute. I think the official what guys used to say the official calculation is half your age plus seven. And even then, the half your age makes it sound wrong till you add the seven. <laughs> I ramble because I have daughters and they're going to look old for their age. So it's something I'm very sensitive about. Very sensitive. Yes. <laughs> Fairly legal is only good if it's on your tax return. Like if you <laughs> Anyone else's tax return, a problem. The satirical cartoon this week is a swathe of people who've spent weeks having opinions about Russia invading Ukraine completely revising their opinions without backing down from their previous contradictory opinions. The energy created by the cognitive dissonance is fueling a clean energy power plant, so that's nice. Now into the magazine, we begin with a crime section, Big Burglar Bear News. Uh, This is the story of Hank the Tank, a bear in Lake Tahoe who's been breaking into houses. All of the ingredients for a fairy tale. Tiff Stevenson, can you unpack this story? (laughs) Yeah, we have to be more specific because I have some friends who wear leather and are very hirsute and they would never break into someone's house. <laughs> Those bears are not burglars. But Hank Hank the Tank, as he's named, is a huge, uh, I believe, brown bear who's broken into dozens of homes near Lake Tahoe. Good on him. Hulking his way through fences and breaking in windows. Like, he's a bear, but he's not, he's not going through the trash. He's This is sophisticated B&E business, so breaking and entering. Um, so Hank the Bear, a huge, huge bear. Never in... have you sounded more like your Cockney roots, Tiff. Yeah. Than having the slang for breaking and entering. It's sophisticated B&E business. That's what I'm saying. Um, and <laughs> and so the, the the full story is, and and it sounds like Nabil has has more detail on it, but um, I I only saw the outcome. The outcome was that we would need to trap this bear or possibly euthanize him, and which I say. F- that this bear is an outlaw you cannot do that you need we need wanted posters we need to have him in a shootout with sam elliott we need him we need him to win and head into the sunset on horseback gripping a salmon steak i'm for this bear he needs catchphrases like if they surround him he can say bear with me or he can be toting a gun and say i have the right to bear arms i'm into this bear i think we definitely they cannot they absolutely cannot kill this bear I mean, maybe you guys can make the case for it, but I just think, let him live. Yeah, I mean, I think this bear is clearly a political activist and revolutionary, getting (laughs) reparations for what Goldilocks took from his people. And I cannot (laughs) order the death of a revolutionary. I stand in solidarity. He's a bear of colour. He's a brown one as well. They wouldn't try to kill a polar bear. So I'm sorry, I I can't have it. Solidarity. I feel like the untold hero of of the Goldilocks story is Mama Bear, who presumably had to make a porridge at three different temperatures. 
because of her <laughs> ungrateful family. The intersectionality of all the issues when it comes to Goldilocks and the three bears, you know? <laughs> patriarchy in there, colonialism. You see, this is why democracy doesn't work. <laughs> this is why democracy doesn't work, because all of us agree that Hank the Tank should not be punished for his breaking and entering and stealing and things, and he's a 300-pound bear, he's breaking into people's homes. Democracy doesn't work because we would all vote for Hank the Tank to be able to continue his activities unchecked. But the moment he broke into our house, I think we'd be all for euthanizing the bear give him a room give him let him have a room i mean come on i'm just trying to imagine calling the police and telling them that you're being robbed by a bear like i'll be robbed by a bear man or you'll be robbed by a bear man how many no 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 not this time a bear you idiot be robbed by a bear man you know <laughs> he's a bear thief <laughs> that's so london yeah he's you can't believe it he's a bear thief Imagine if there was three or four, then there would be bear bears at your house, Robbie. <laughs> bear squared. <laughs> he literally smashed in a window, though. That is, it's not, because because my friend Steve, who does listen to the podcast, uh, at his place out in Connecticut, they sometimes, like, will get a bear in the in the yard, in the garden. And he's like, if you, that's why if you barbecue or whatever, you took the smell of fish, like, wafting on the wind. They come out from the woods. So they can make their way around. But this is the very specific thing of this story is this is someone who's not afraid of people and just connects people to food. So he's this bear has come to trust people. And that's why I feel like we can't, you can't take this bear out. This bear yeah. is like, you know, he sees us as being not as people as the food source, but just like our fridges. Yeah, probably people feed him. Yeah, have you seen that picture of the bear? There's a really cute picture of a bear. Again, this is in Connecticut. If you go and look online for this, it's amazing. And and again, my friend Steve sent it to me. There's a picture of a bear up on its little tiny teeny tippy toes. It looks like a ballerina, a terrifying ballerina, up on his tippy toes on a fence, banging on a window because it smelt someone making brownies. Oh. Like, how is that not <laughs> the cutest thing you've ever seen? Just like a bear at the window going, something smells nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, neighbour. <laughs> Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. Do you think you know how much you know? What about how much they know? Surely you're capable of determining an expert opinion from a hole in the ground. Good God, the man's a doctor, according to his LinkedIn profile. I think you'll find I do know what I know about what he knows. I don't think so. Bringing you the double Dunning-Kruger effect effect, where not only do you not know how little you know, you're also falsely confident about how much you know about how much other people know about any given subject. Double Dunning-Kruger effect effect. Question the guy who told you to question everything. And are you a parent trying to entertain your infant? Try doing less than you'd think. Seriously, they don't need a bingity-bangity jingle-jangle entertainment machine. They're not a jaded New York socialite. They've just got a face. Like, they've just got a face for the first time. Try introducing them to basic things like texture and temperature. Put their little feet on a warm rug. Dip one of their fat hands into half a glass of water. Half a glass of water. It's pretty exciting if you've never seen one before. <laughs> And a new novel is out by self-published romance maven and online bestseller Dancy Lagarde. Big Seal Little Sister is the third in the 13-part modern military masculinity series of sexy seal rescues. Not the animal, the state-sanctioned soldiers. Dunk is an American seal, part of the Alpha Seal Squad of maximum masculinity. 
Dunk is short for Duncan, which in turn is short for Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> He's returned from war with huge abs and a thirst for justice, and some PTSD, but only the charming kind that will prompt him to leap protectively on top of ladies. This will be relevant later. Pinned down by enemy fire, holding his best friend's dying hand in an opening preamble chapter set in an undefined but vaguely racist war zone location, he is left his teammates slash best friend's younger sister in a gasped out final wish that's probably not legally binding. He promises he will take care of her until she dies. Cut to him moving in next door, taking on the post-war duty of looking after his dead best friend's kid sister, whom he remembers as an awkward teen. Blianna is a graphic designer studying art at an art school. She's got a lean gamin beauty and a smudge of pigment on her cheek. She's also receiving mysterious death threats. Dunk remembers her as underage, but now, somehow, 15 years later, she's got adult opinions, tits and a paintbrush in her hair. He can't help but constantly notice she's all grown up, and that's creepy, but in a sexy way because of how many abs he has. He's constantly swabbing the front deck of his new house with his shirt off, and Blianna brings him iced tea and watches as moisture beads on his pecs. Brianna must recruit Dunk to help her solve the mysterious art heist at her workplace. They fight their mutual attraction while also doing lots of things that involve accidentally ruining items of clothing and having to take showers near each other. <laughs> and sometimes loud noises that make him leap protectively on top of her, abs first. Until Brianna is kidnapped by a villainous art thief slash ex-boyfriend who wants to sell her to the highest bidder in an auction for secret billionaire connoisseurs of art and perversion. Dunk must call on all of his seal skills to rescue and then finger Brianna. Will they overcome all obstacles and realise her dead brother's secret wish could be interpreted not as his best friend having to protect his sister from banging, but perhaps protect her from not being banged by the man she loves, by banging her himself? Find out in Big Seal, Little Sister, available now in all military surplus stores. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Now it's time for our prison audition section. This is a story of, of crime and not punishment or not crime and possibly punishment. This is a story of a jail in Zurich uh, which is asking for volunteers to take part in a process of testing their jail, uh, which is either <laughs> the best trick for catching tr criminals that I've ever heard of or possibly the worst holiday you've ever had. I mean, I, I've had some tenancy experiences that are probably worse than anything that a prison in Zurich can offer. So um, <laughs> as long as there's no mould, 
I'd, I'd give it a go, to be honest. Do I have to pay while I'm there? <laughs> Honestly, like, have you have you lived in a flat in Croydon before? Because I could tell you some horror stories. Well, it's a long way from, like, Nellie Bly. Part of what they're trying to do is, like, quote-unquote, clear up mis- misconceptions about how bad jail is. But I feel like part of jail is that you have to, like, it has to work partially as a disincentive. You know, it can't be... Super great, <laughs> Tiff. Well, I think I think I can't believe people actually want to do this. I can't believe they're volunteering after two years of being in lockdown. What they're saying <laughs> is, you go in right, and so people are volunteering. Strip searches at entry, however, will be optional. The volunteers will also receive a safe word they can give the staff to bail out immediately if they get cold feet or start to crack. So not like prison at all. Like it's just a weird experiment when, like when rich kids used to go on poverty safaris. Do you remember this? Like, you know, where they would go and they would go, we're going to do a poverty safari. It's exact. It's, you know, so they can come out and go, I know what it's like, man. I've been there. Death row. I mean, if this is a thing that people can do now, I think I need to know what it's like to spend an entire summer on a super yacht. So if someone can hook that up for me, that would work. Then I can relate to super rich people at a party and be like, I know what it's like, man. I've been there. Cod row. I'll happily take that challenge on. Um, I did buy some yacht wax last week, so hopefully, you know, I'll I'll get there. But it does, it does, it it reminds me of when, you know, sometimes, you know, and I know people who've done it, and I get the idea of it of people go, I'm going to sleep outside for a night, so I know what it's like to sleep rough. But can you truly know? Can you truly know what it's like to sleep rough if you have the option of the next night a warm bed, knowing that that's there? Can you truly know what it's like to? be in a prison what the conditions are like when in the back of your mind you're going I leave tomorrow I've also got a safe word (laughs) where I just say mummy the spokeswoman for Zurich's corrections and rehabilitation services department is called Elena Tankovsky which is also the name of any Russian villain that you would like to write into a film Uh, she says a lot of our wardens have a lot of social skills they they are actually more like a carer than a guard that's why we call them warmdens rather than wardens. Like, what is this trying to pitch prison? I don't know. Maybe it is super warm and cuddly in Zurich. I, I reckon this is going to make the crime rate go up. This sounds amazing. What, I can opt in and out of strip searches? Human contact? Naked? I get to have that? And live rent-free? And have free food and possibly gym and no mold? Once again, no mold? Credit Council, if you're listening to this, I hope you hear me. <laughs> Is Zurich a tax haven as well? I believe it is. I, I, right. In fact, I'm about to move now and commit some crime. This is amazing. I mean, if it's not a tax haven, you can just not pay your taxes and then go to prison. What exactly. Like, where can you go wrong? Oh, what are you going to do if I, if I don't pay taxes? I'm going to send you to jail. What if I do tax fraud? I'm going to send you to jail. Okay. And I mean, the cells look gorgeous as well. You know, very minimalist chic. You know, a lot like <laughs> honestly, do a split screen of the cells and the modern flats in Tokyo right now. It's the same thing. I say they have more stuff in there than the flats in Japan. I'm all for it. If you're in Zurich, commit crime. Life is grand, honestly. Send Hank the Tank to Zurich. Now that would be interesting. I don't know if he'd fit in those cells. They are kind of small. But that aside, I. I the Zurich prisons look a lot better than some of the flats I've looked at recently. So, you know, I'm helping someone move and they're looking for a studio. This might be an idea. I'm still putting out that I would do the summer on a yacht because I don't know what it's like to spend a summer on a yacht. An entire summer. An entire summer on a yacht. So if anyone wants to send that, I'll take that option. You guys can take this one and I'll 
happily. Uh, well, based on all the people I follow on Instagram, if you want to end up on a yacht or anywhere exotic, all you have to do is think positive, take selfies and leave inspirational quotes underneath and your life will be brilliant. <laughs> so I'm going to try that. I'm sure I'm going to end up on a yacht. Keep your chin up. Well, that's all the time we have for our voluntary prison news. I mean, it's called going to Australia, guys. The English invented it right about the time that they invented Australia. Uh, now it's time for your review section. As you know, each week our guest editors bring in something to review out of five stars. Tiff, what have you brought in for us this week? Um, I'm going to do a review of a fiancé. Um... Because I have had a boyfriend for 11, <laughs> for 11 years and for the last three years I've had a fiancé. So what is that like? Is it any different? Well, yes, because now I can threaten to divorce him even though we aren't married yet, which is actually more of a threat. I will marry you <laughs> just so I can divorce you the next day out of like pure spitefulness. Um, so let me think. Uh, <laughs> benefits of a fiancé. Well, you can just use the word fiancé. You can sound French. Uh, that's the etymology. It's old French for they'll do. It's actually mid-19th century from uh, actually Latin, fidier, to trust, French, fiancé, a promise. Um, so I have a trust, which is nice. And a fiancé, uh, much like a boyfriend, is a pleasing male presence to have around who is a very good cook and all-around good bean. So I would say five stars or triple five stars, like those pointless Vegas hotel rating systems, you know, where everywhere else says five. And they go, we're doing triple five. So triple five stars for a fiancé. I mean, Tiff, this sounds dangerously like you're trying to apologise for something you did wrong. <laughs> just out of nowhere, I just want to talk about how great... How great it is to have a fiancé. <laughs> no, I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely pleased with my model. I went to the fiancé shop and uh, I think I got one of the last good models and I think there's just shittings left now. Sorry for anyone that was hoping to get a good one. There might be a couple on sale, but... I don't know if they're going to be great. Bargain bin boys. Uh, <laughs> Nabil, what have you brought in for us? Well, she's not present, but actually I was going to do a review of a three-year-old. Now, um, the current model I have is different from the previous one that is now seven. Uh, that's the problem. They tend to grow if you feed them. It's uh, one of the things with these three-year-olds. Now, um, if you're looking for someone that you can have logical conversations with that won't take your stuff and destroy it, three-year-olds might not be for you. However, if you like cleaning pointlessly while someone continues to soil your house, if you like spending money on people that don't understand the concept of money, and if you want to get into arguments with people that aren't even sure what they're arguing with you about but are very passionate about it until something floats, three-year-olds are brilliant. Now, um, they don't have a lot of practical uses. They don't pay rent. They don't work. And they tend to wake you up at night singing, Daddy, Daddy. Tinky Winky, Dipsy, Lala, Oh, they're not ninjas, but I can run. And honestly, it's for you. It's better than drugs. The sleep deprivation will cause you the same hallucinations, the same irrational thoughts, but you pass blood tests. So it's fantastic. You get to keep your job and still be insane. Honestly, it's, I mean, you need to forget about all the other stages of childhood where they're young and cute or when they're like 18 months where they try to run away with you, but they're not that fast. That's no fun. Have a three-year-old. Let them run onto the main road and you have to run and catch them. It's an amazing cardio workout. <laughs> Having them make you throw them in the air and catch them is a brilliant strength training routine. Um, in terms of your overall mental health, I would say uh, not the best, but for physical, mental, physical health <laughs> and reflexes, catching things that they knock over, which could kill them, amazing. I am much faster 
a much more quick <laughs> reflex than I ever was before I had a three-year-old. But quite frankly, I'm about one last late-night brawl between my kids and going insane. I, I can't take anymore. <laughs> Do you want to buy a three-year-old? If I don't buy it, just take her, please. Please take <laughs> Please. <laughs> Honestly, they're so much fun. Did I mention they were fun? I don't know, but I love my kids. How many out of five? Five out of five. I give my three-year-old a five out of five because, like she always says, Daddy, Daddy, it's effort that counts. So, she this beautiful painting she did, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't on the fridge. It was on the wall. that's all the time we have for our reviews section because now it's time for our business section Uh, this is our half a glass of water news section this is pretty exciting business news tiff do you want to unpack this news sure um i know a little something about uh glass half empty and full i did a show called optimist um but this is a story about how the cup being half empty uh how the cup half empty rule eliminates stress reduces burnout and makes you a more effective leader so um if you want to be less stressed create margin in your life um i mean basically i read this and went okay microsoft paperclip it appears you're attempting philosophy can i help what's meaningful about the cup half empty rule so we see the cup half full as being someone who's an optimist a positive outlook on life and we see the cup half empty as pessimistic and you see the cup of half a glass of water as being a long-running ad on your podcast because you're in with big water as we know so um they said what's meaningful about the cup half empty rule is having i mean with not that big water not that big Moderate water. amount of water. <laughs> half a glass, very specifically. So in the article, it says, what's so meaningful about having the cup half empty? Having room in your cup means you have margin. Margin is breathing room. It gives you space to think and focus. It gives you the ability to be intentional about what you're doing. It gives you a chance to do more, to do something new. This is just a very long-winded way of making the glass half empty as half full. It's still optimism. You're basically applying the glass half full principle to the glass half empty. And I just like to think most acts are optimistic anyway, like in our lives. This is all optimism. It's born out of the idea we'll still be here tomorrow. This is all optimistic. We're doing this podcast. Isn't that optimism? I think. I don't know. No one's more optimistic than me at 2 a.m. drunk on Groupon. Because then I will buy falconry (laughs) lessons at a 54-point car service in Milton Keynes. I don't live in Milton Keynes. What's more optimistic than thinking I'm going to go to Milton Keynes and get my car serviced. So um, it's, it's, it's trying to flip this idea of the glass half empty on its head. Nabil? I think that sounds like reluctant optimism. I like it. I am a proud pessimist. I believe in glass half empty. I think that creates the need for further work. I believe that gives you a goal. I think you should be driven. You know, if we didn't have goals and drive, then we wouldn't be able to live. If everything was perfect, then there'd be nothing to do. And then that would be boring. You know, I I, I often look forward to spats with my neighbor over the garbage. That's what makes life interesting. If, if you know, um, the glass half empty is the human race. I, I, the glass was half empty, so we discovered fire. We discovered electricity. We created the phone to talk to people that weren't even there because we felt them not being there. Hence us creating the phone. I, I think optimism is oversold. I, I think sometimes, I mean, do you really want to be an optimist? Look at America. They're optimistic people. Do you want that for you? I don't. Um, I think pessimism is beautiful. I think there's something to be said about pessimism and skepticism and sarcasm and all the beautiful things that negativity brings. Okay, what good art has ever been born from a happy person? 
I like all my musicians to be depressed. They give us the best music. I like my artists to be weird and socially awkward. Why, one day someone came up to me and said, Nabil, you're a good comedian. I want to be just like you. I said, so does everyone else. And they were like, Nabil, tell me, what makes a good comedian? And I said, trauma. Lots of it. <laughs> that is glass half empty. I, I, I like the emptiness. Void creates opportunity. It is true of the difference between America and and the UK, because I always say about audiences in, in America kind of going, going, this is going to be awesome. And British audiences going, going, this is going to be shit. Yeah, but exactly. if you think it's going to be shit, then you could be pleasantly surprised when it's exactly. not. Exactly. You're like, but we often people will be like, oh, that wasn't shit. I like expected shit. So now I feel happy because I got more exactly. than what I expected. <laughs> no such thing as a disappointed pessimist. <laughs> I don't know if the glass is half empty or half full, but I do know that I am a fool for half a glass of water. We're now into our final motoring section. This is our this is our car section. Uh, if you're, you're, you're a car buff, you'll be heartbroken by this news. If you know Harley Davidson has, has patented its, its revving motor sound, there are car buffs that are, you know, can tell a car from, you know, 400 meters away just by the sound of its engine. But Teslas have now been banned from making fart noises. Nabil, as somebody with a three-year-old, is is this heartbreaking or is this devastating? I mean, you know, uh, as someone who was going to get a Tesla and, and totally not for like the tax write-off and stuff, you know, completely for noble reasons, like entertaining my kids, I am heartbroken. I, I think... Why, why, why am I supposed to be accustomed to hearing other forms of gases being released into the air by car exhaust, but not the most <laughs> harmless and beautiful sound of the ozone layer being destroyed, which is the organic methane released from our inner cavities? It's, it's just not fair. It, it, I, I, you know, it's cool that testers don't make a sound, although it, it kind of caused an embarrassing moment for me when I got into an electric Uber. Uh, it was a Tesla. And the guy, um, like I was on my phone and the guy had started driving and I couldn't feel it or hear it. And then I told him, like, come on, move already. And the guy was doing like 30. Um, that, that was embarrassing. <laughs> but um, I digress. I actually kind of feel saddened by the whole electric car thing because it takes away, you know, the manly part of cars. You know, I want the grease. I want the smell. I want the sound. I want the revving. I mean, when I get to a traffic light and I see someone else who is just there. How else can I challenge them to a race? How do you do that with a Tesla? Do you have like a little light that you shine? <laughs> do you do jazz hands? Imagine grease lightning with a Tesla. What would it be called? Um, hydraulic electronic system lightning sort of static energy. Yeah, it, it's not the same. I, you know, the, the, these, these, you, you youngsters don't get it, man. You're ruining the world. Caring about the environment. It's a dangerous tool to add to your to your car. This, this is the boombox, which has been uh, banned by the NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration in America, um, which allowed you, instead of having a horn noise, you could make other noises with your car, like doorbells or a 64K modem or a bleating goat. But obviously <laughs> that's not a feature that you could have in England because then instead of horn noises, you just have cars making polite coughing noises and apologising to each other all the way down the M. Five. Could you get a sound of foxes mating? Now that is terrifying. That... <laughs> That'll make you get out of the way. One <laughs> hundred. Yeah, the police should have that and not sirens. That that is absolutely the most horrifying thing 
I've ever heard in my life. Foxes, I don't why, why are they why are they portrayed as sexy and cool? Have you heard those things? It's horrible. It is horrific. I do. I like the idea of a, a fart sound from a car because why must every bit of joy be squeezed from this world? Fart noises at all time. Like last week, this happened. I'd just woken up. I did a fart and it set off Alexa. Amazing. And she actually went, how can I help you? Wow. <laughs> I should have been it's... like, I should have been like, I don't know, some toilet paper on the shopping list. But it, it, it genuinely, I think farts and technology have gone hand in hand for a long time. And I like, I like the fact that you could have all these different noises. Like you were saying, I think you should have a recording of someone saying, I'm superior to you, I own a Tesla. Since the very first technology, in fact, since, the, since fire was invented, farts and technology have interacted in interesting ways. <laughs> I can attest to that. Uh, shamefully. It's, um, why are the highways agency ruining the fun again? This is like the time I was told I couldn't have one of my headlamp eyelashes in a wink position because it was quote unquote <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for our motoring news. We're flipping towards the end of the magazine. Unfortunately, very sadly, I'm looking through the ads at the back. Nabil, have you got anything to plug? Yeah, I mean, now that you mention it, um, I'll be at the um, Soho Theatre from the 28th of Feb to the 5th of March. Uh, doing my show called Nabil, N-A-B-I-L, which stands for Nobody Actually Believed I'd Last. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> anybody that wants to come uh, is more than welcome. Uh, the more the merrier. Um, that, that's how these things go with comedy, you see. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Tiff, have you got anything to plug? Um, sure. I have a uh, Old Rope coming up on March the 14th at the Comedy Store. I'll be on Guilty Feminist on the 30th of March in Bath. I don't know how many tickets there are left for that. And then I will be at the Edinburgh Fringe. So I think tickets will be going up on sale for that soon. So just join my mailing list and all of that. So yeah, get involved. And find me online at, at Alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Or support me at patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. It's one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, and blogs. I will be in. Adelaide from the 1st to the 5th of March directly competing with Nabil's show unless you are in either Australia or England in which case we're not competing with each other at all. I'd like to thank our roving reporters Jeff Spakowski and Douglas Hirschman who sent in the Big Bear story, Miss Otis who sent in the prison auditions story, Mort Subit who sent in the half a glass of water story and Rick who sent in the farting Tesla story. If you'd like to send in a story to the gargle tweet us at hellogarglers on Twitter that's the place to do that. This is a Bugle Podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programmes from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts.